What patterns have you seen that help people get over their fear of trying new things? By actually kissing the girl. By actually throwing the person in the pool. By actually skydiving. It's the universal truth. Everything you were scared of became less scary after you did it. Hey everyone, this is Nick, the head of education at the Sasha Group, and we are finally back for another episode of Inside 4Ds. We did a couple of these at the end of 2018, and I'm super excited to get back in the mix and provide some added commentary on top of Gary's one-on-one consulting portion of the 4Ds day. For those of you who do not know, the Digital Discovery and Deep Dive is a full-day immersion held at X offices in New York, London, Los Angeles, and soon to be Chattanooga, Tennessee. Look out for more on that in future dates and recordings of Inside 4Ds. But for now, let's get into the episode. This is a very recent session from our Los Angeles office at the beginning of July. I will cut into the episode from time to time with added commentary that might be missing from the audio experience. But nonetheless, we're glad to be back. And please enjoy this episode of Inside 4Ds. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good to see you again. How are you? I'm, uh, I've got a flight that I can't miss, so I'm going to try to be less you know, dramatic and try to really drill it home. And so it's really great to see you guys. I hope, how's it going so far? Great. Excellent. Going well? Awesome. Good. Really well. Uh, obviously, I know some of you, uh, and I've seen some of you in the past, but I'd love for you to go around and give me context one more time on where you're at and what you're doing, and then we'll go into the questions. Before we get too far into this episode, I wanted to address one of the pieces of feedback that we've gotten from previous episodes. The mic situation is one that we've struggled with because we don't want to disrupt the flow of the conversation between Gary and the attendees within the 40s day. So I'm going to quickly introduce everybody that's in the room and give a little context on their business so that as Gary goes through the room and answers questions, you'll have a little bit more context on who these people are and what their businesses entail. The first attendee comes from two separate businesses. One is a hormonal replacement center that has multiple locations, and the other is a personal injury law firm that's predominantly held in Denver and Arizona. The next is a craftsman and woodworker who comes to us with an impressive YouTube following. His YouTube channel is Make a Wood Sign, and he is super interested in understanding how to increase conversion and his own direct-to-consumer site. For the next group, we have multiple members from the same team. The team is Zyrus. They're a medical device company that specifically is in dentistry who has a very impressive product and background story that they're trying to figure out how to open up those B2B but also create B2C demand on the customer side. And the last attendee in the room is the founder and CEO of the clothing brand Beautiful Disaster. She left her full-time job to pursue her passion, and she has a conversation with Gary about scaling her business and obstacles in pursuing a more entrepreneurial path. That's everybody in the room. Now let's get into this episode of Inside 4Ds. Great. Let's go right into direct questions. All right. So with us being in Denver, we spend about two million bucks a year in advertising. Predominantly um, remnant television? Predominantly. Yeah. Makes and sense. radio, that kind of stuff. But we realize that the way that we need to go is this way. And so we're not familiar at all. Hey everyone, Nick here. I know we're only a couple minutes into the episode, but I wanted to apologize. I know I said I would try to get Gary to stop chewing 
but he doesn't listen to me. So you'll have to deal with it for the next few minutes. But otherwise, the episode is crystal clear. So it's a two-part question. First is for Denver, how do we transition and how do we measure how the transition should go percentage-wise into that? And in Arizona, where we just opened two months ago, 200 grand in, 10 cases. So it's not a good, it's not a- 200 grand in in TV? Yes. 10 cases. 10 cases. And what would you need for 200 grand for your business model? Um, Well, basically our average right now in Denver, and again, the the Arizona cases we don't know yet, but our fee average is 14,000 in Denver. And so if we assume the same fee, then you know, you're gonna need over 10 cases a month to break even on the ROI to the 100K a month spend. I understand. Um, and so you're asking how to measure the transition. Well, And so launch, I got it, I got it. So let's start with Denver. There's only two things you can do. One, so I'm gonna jump around. And because I wanna give answers that always bring value for everybody. Measuring the ROI of something isn't predicated on just doing it. it. It's predicated on how good you are at it, right? So like, this is where people get caught when, with this question. The, the, everything I'm about to say, the complete variable is how good you are at the thing. That includes television. The place where everybody gets caught in television, in Instagram, in Amazon, in everything is they get something to work in their math and then they don't realize that they still have, they can still innovate their creative to do better. You're getting 28 cases in Denver. The reality is you've been running that same commercial for so long, you might be able to get 49 if that commercial was better. So one of the great things about digital versus television is your ability to ideate even when something works. So I'm just trying to make sure we establish that because that is the big punchline here. When I tell you what I'm about to tell you, which is, well, it's easy. You can take 10, 20, 25, 50, or 75% of the money uh, in Denver, you move it to Facebook and YouTube, and at the end of the month, if you did better against the way you did, it's not super hard math. The problem is, first of all, it takes time for something to kind of actually create brand, which is why you're seeing a difference in Arizona versus Denver, because by the 13th time, because I listen to the same radio station that I hear your I convert, versus the first time in Arizona, that's just a big difference. That's brand. Uh, number two, so, in Denver, I would do a couple of things. One, first you have to feel confident that you understand how to do the creative and the media distribution. What's, everyone's like, digital's so great. Cool, it's also super hard. Like, what makes it great is what makes it hard. There's unlimited variations and always constant movement. What made TV and print and radio and billboards so great for everybody is the distribution became locked and you knew what you were locking into and the only conversation for the last 60 years has been the creative. You're not debating how the billboard works. I guess digital came along, digital billboards, that would be an example. But in my world, tomorrow Instagram can change a feature that creates a new arbitrage. The actual distribution changes. What is amazing about digital though is we can do 74 variations of content, not just one. Right. How long have you been running the same commercial in Denver? Uh, we run them about <clears throat> six months and then change them. Oh, that's good. And so, do you have like a hall of fame though? Like if something like, you know, that you'll reboot something? We do to a degree, but the individual, the weird thing is, is our guy is a medical doctor and an attorney, and so he's a unicorn. So it cuts through (laughs) the messaging compared to all the- I understand. Here's what I would do if I were you in Denver. I would spend 80% of the money, I would spend 80% of the money that you'd spend right now on TV, and I would force yourself creatively 
or look at your Hall of Fame or push yourselves to get 100% of the results for 80% of the dollars, which then takes pressure off on you completely you know, skinning your knee and chipping your tooth and bleeding and finding your way through digital, but you've got 20% of the money creatively and media-wise to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And that would, that's, what, that's what I would do as the most conservative. As the most aggressive, I would go 50-50. But that's what you need to do. You need, you know, to me, the reason I love giving advice to take the 80 and make it act like 100, you're working with house money on the 20% digital. And so I'm always reminding people like, hey, it's not like you're taking this money away because if you take it away and then you're hurting, you're gonna be impatient with my And my is testing in perpetuity. If you guys saw the text exchange between me and my team, I'm changing my mind 43 times a day. <laughs> like there's so much because that's what unlimited distribution and unlimited creative variables because of the costs associated do. You can't buy, I can buy $88 worth of YouTube that could be effective. You can't do that on television. I can do a thing on an iPhone. You know, I think all those people on television look too slick and full of I think if you took your unicorn and he just filmed something on an iPhone with bad lighting and you ran that, that might convert better because it feels more authentic. So those are some of the themes. As far as Arizona, there's too many variables for me to give you a thoughtful answer. What I would, the, the thoughtful answer I would give you is take advantage of the fact that it's new and actually do a ton of different in Arizona to see what may click because you might get into a micro insight on a pre-roll YouTube ad. If you're not doing pre-roll YouTube based on people's search queries, you have to do that. So like you can, you know, I'm sure there's three, four core competitors you have in Denver that are trying to do the same. You could actually buy pre-roll YouTube based on people searching injury or claims. or Like there's so much you can do for all of you, especially B2B, pre-roll YouTube that's based on what people are searching on Google is one of the best ads. You could have people, you could have a dentist searching dentist terminology, but happens to be a Gary Vee fan, he goes and watches a Gary Vee video and you're popping up as the pre-roll. That's powerful. So I'm very, very hot on pre-roll YouTube based on Google search query for, that's agnostic. And, and something I would do quite a bit of, uh, uh, of work and then, I think one of the other things that I would spend a lot of time on is a lot more digital auditing of every attorney injury personality on the internet. I think you should invest, whether it's you or the person below you, but no further than that, over 100 hours of qualitative consumption of every personal brand trying to convert on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube to just see if there's anything you see. One of the biggest mistakes, one of the things I've never talked about that I'm starting, that literally this might be the first time I'm talking about, this is what's good about two weeks vacation. You get to think like, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm articulating enough to people how much research I'm doing. I'm just, now, I'm doing it with audience. I'm not seeing what you know, Richard Branson's doing or other, I don't do that. I just consume everything my audience is doing with me. Everything, all of it. I just, I'm, I'm just reading all the comments. So that. Okay, thank you. Got it. Um, so, uh, the advice I got from you in Phoenix yes. was uh, pre-roll, yes. YouTube pre-roll. Yes, talk based, about it. Based on yep. a Google. Good to see I'm consistent. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's exactly what you, so I started that the next week. Um, got mm, fairly good results, but I, I struggle in figuring out what the ad's gonna be and what where I'm gonna send them. Generally, I send them over to the YouTube channel, 
what my trailer is, that kind of thing. So it's the creative part of it that is, you know, huge. Exactly, no different than me saying, look, you should become a basketball player. There's only 15 of them on the team. The salary cap is super high. It's a really good idea to become a basketball player if you're seven years old right now because you will make a billion dollars in 12 years and it's a fairly good thing to do. The next question is, are you good enough to be a basketball player? So the advice is right, and this is back to where I'm gonna go with this. Please make sure that you don't become, and I, I know you well enough because of our interactions, I want you to do unlimited variations. Yeah. And as much as you can be motivated to do that, that is the game. Yeah. You do understand that one moment you get a spark of using a different adjective or it's hailstorm is outside and you just, like, it's just one moment. Yeah. You're literally one moment from one version of creative and one search query, because it's two creative processes. What are they searching? Yeah. Like, the answer to your thing might be underwear. And I, and I don't want to send you down a crazy rabbit hole, but it is scary to me that I'm giving you dentists, that's literal, but maybe the terminology was, you know, MBAs. Like, you, you don't really know, and it can cost you nothing. My big thing is that production value does not have to be extraordinarily expensive. As a matter of fact, I'm, this is literally the thought that just came to my mind I haven't talked about. I almost think maybe you should only do all of it on your iPhone up front, see if there's a little painter, and then maybe you come in on top of it and make the production value go a little bit up on the fact that you found something creatively. This is all bottom up. How many different versions of content did you do for the pre-rolls? Oh, I've only got two or three. Yeah, so that's what I want to encourage you to like make 89. And then how many different search queries, right? So you're at two or three videos versus I don't know how many search query groupings you've done. Probably, I don't know, a couple dozen. Good, which is because it's easier. And what's interesting is the creative is probably the bigger variable. And so I I think you could, you know, don't overthink the creative. And then the second question is because. Can I give you one? I apologize because it's intuitive to me. I think you can massively over index with people that are. 48 to 72 around just like, you know, no different than quit and things of that nature. I also think you're doing, it's generation, it's family business. There's a lot of things that are more macro than the literal nature of what you're selling. There's a lot of people that buy my wine that are just, don't drink wine, they're just co-signing that. And I think you represent something for a generation that might be fruitful. Something to think about. You know, not that everybody needs to become a motivational character or, you know, but it's one of the places, it's one of the creatives you should run. You know, I'll give you an example. Terminology around changing your career or starting a new business at 60, and then your video is, starts, you know what they're doing, so you're starting with like, look, how old are you? 59. Great. Like, I'm 59, I love this, you know, like that may be the reason they convert. You see where I'm going? Uh, I do. You see, people get too literal. Gotcha. I'll give you a good one for dentistry, one of the things I've been super fascinated with when you read a ton, lawyers, doctors, and dentists that are 39 to 62 are stunningly miserable because a lot of them did it because they were supposed to or had to. Uh, That in itself is a crazy insight for your business that you can completely triple down on as a connection point with them that could transform your business because it's a human insight. They're part of the generation that still did what they were supposed to do or what their dad told them to do or like that, right? Yeah, they're complacent. Because they're, 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 they're unhappy. Yeah. Because what they really were was a rapper. 
because what they really were was a sign designer or a winemaker, but they had to become a dentist. And I think that is, if you just lean into that content, if you start a YouTube video of like, are you a dentist because your dad told you to, that alone will convert scary. So that's something I think you should play with. The family business, the generational thing, all of that, yeah. yeah. If you made five pre-roll videos just on how to make a successful family business, because you're, you're the son and then there's somebody underneath you. Right. Yeah, dude, you're like, you're, you're crazy. You're perfect. You played underneath and you played above. So you're talking to everybody in a family business. Right. It's kind of what I've done with my dad and AJ. Yeah. You know, like it's given me the ability to play from both sides. Yeah. You should do five different pre-roll videos just on that and against family business search queries and see what they do. Hey everyone, Nick here. Cutting in really quickly because Gary's now gone through two of the attendees in the room and giving strikingly similar advice. We've seen him address directly the personal injury law firm out of Denver and Arizona and Eric from Make a Woodside, the YouTube channel. And the common theme that I'm hearing that I wanna bring to the foreground is creative is ultimately the variable. Whether or not you're targeting unique audiences in different cities or you're trying to target people in different parts of their career or looking for the next chapter, Gary consistently underlines that creative is the variable. Now, what digital gives us the ability to do is target at a granular level like never before. The thing that's missing for a lot of brands and businesses is the ability to create content that matches back to those targets. And then as you'll hear Gary already in this episode so far, what he likes to do is bounce those ideas off of other people and businesses in the room. So you've seen him make references to the group of dentists in the room, and now you're gonna hear him go back in to speak with the rest of the attendees. Let's get back into the episode. And by the way, you know what's fun about this? And DRock knows this. With the same level of passion I do this all the time, I'm usually happier if everything I'm saying right now doesn't work. Because this is science. The nose are as valuable as the And that's not what television or a booth at a convention does. There is no ability to play. Constantly testing. In perpetuity. Constantly testing in perpetuity. Give me that t-shirt direct. I want to wear it. (laughs) Tiny bit of context. So uh, our company has grown nicely over the last 20 years. Um, How did it start? How did it start? Yeah. Uh, when the founders wanted to solve a problem that yep. they've been talking about for the previous 10 years, uh, a dentist, a designer, and a business person uh, Love it. decided to start a side business that was going to... Scratch your itch. Sandy tells the story much better. Scratch your itch. Then it took off and they decided they wanted to change the way the dentistry is done. And I love it. I love it. We're all benefiting from that. Uh, one of the challenges systemically the business had over time was a new customer churn. A product requires dentists to do their work a little differently. It's like making up I different see. tools. Yes. So there's a lot of behavior change. So yes. we saw about three and a half years ago, systemically, that churn would you were kill the le- You were leaking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you were leaking. So we focused on that quite a bit and really radically changed that trajectory. Good for you. Challenges. By listening? By listening. Okay. We spent started got it. Finding it's the only system. way you can fix the job. Flew across the country. country. Totally understand. Yes. Keep going. Um, at the same time, uh, you can imagine how much I love listening and reading all my comments because if you noticed what you did for your business is 
a lot more fun to just lay in your underpants and read about versus having to fly around. <laughs> That's true. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Keep going. So at the same time, uh, one of the challenges is our new customer acquisition slowed down. So uh, makes sense. Part of that is the crossing the chasm. We've beaten through the early adopters, the folks who are more at uh, and the and the and the market for customer acquisition in the macro has yeah. changed. Totally. That is just the punchline. They're, they're just it's like it's very real. Yeah, like it has changed. Totally. So as that's changing, I'm putting pressure on the team to say, we need to go where the attention is. Yep. But there's this balance between brand and selling, which is, hey, I've got two objectives. Really, for the long run, it's about brand. Of course. So let's talk about the Army yeah. versus Navy SEALs. Okay. Right? The reason it works is because we do not send the Army in to kill Osama bin Laden. That is sales and branding. It can't be... You know, and this is not picking. Sales and marketing under one thing, all the way to the top or wherever it goes above you, yeah. is a tricky game, yeah. because inevitably he's held accountable. Or above, you know, again, I don't know the full structure, but you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. Everybody up marketing because they're going to always lean into sales because they need to hit short-term objectives. Yeah. The end. That's where leadership has to come in and create rules for engagement. That's why I love 80-20. It's why I love Army and Navy SEALs. It's why I win. I create businesses like Vayner that is my foundation of 80 and then I taste with 20% around it. That's how Vayner X got built and then even outside the Vayner universe that's how the K-Swiss and the Empathy Wines and all that, this is how it all works. That's marketing. Because everybody's a sales, like you're a sales organization. So let's put a little fund on the side or a little team on the side and that's marketing. And if it goes to dead zero, you've decided at the macro level that $800,000 to dead zero is super fine by me. Because you know it's not gonna be dead zero but now you've created autonomy and lack of confusion and to actually make that happen. Same thing I told him, in the macro it's what I want you to do. That's why I've created VaynerX. Same reason. Okay, here are the things, we try to do everything under Vayner, here are the things we learned, 4D, Sasha, da, da. now it's Sasha, and Pure, you know, and, and we'll keep going. Commerce is gonna kick out too. Because kicked out, right now Robbie has to navigate, it's organs within bodies. Create a separate body. Sales and marketing is mixed, and that means you're actually doing sales. And if marketing is put into a place where it's all upside, because marketing is gray, it is intuitive, right? Yeah, yeah. So if, if the rule is 500,000, I'm just I'm making it up. And like, there's no, like at the end of the day, it's like, if you were the head of it for me, I'd be like, it's 500,000 and my team will tell you this. James will definitely tell you this. It's like, I don't give a We'll talk at the end of the year. Explain yourself. <laughs> but I have no judgment. I'm not booing or cheering along the game. Just tell me when it's triple zero and explain to me why we lost 112 to 88 or why we won 112 to 88 and you just hold that person accountable. That's how marketing needs to work. Because that's marketing. You have to be able to do something ridiculous like buy $50,000 worth of bananas and send them to dentists just because it's so ludicrous that they're like, what the You see where I'm going now? Like, like as, as silly as what I just said to you, 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 you would be shocked how smart what I just said actually is based on how silly it sounds. The world is busy. The way you break through is by breaking patterns. If you're a dentist and you get a banana sent to you in the mail and you wrote a note on it in pen, that's just weird. Weird enough to give you awareness. Right, right. Sure.
$50,000 worth of bananas. I think that's worthy of breaking this up a little bit. Now, if you're sitting in your car or you're at the office and you're kind of shaking your head at how ludicrous and ridiculous that sounds, you're probably among the majority. But I think what's super important and you know, one of the highlights for me running 4Ds is we get to break the patterns of people and the way they think about their businesses every day. And what Gary does a tremendous job of is really that creative variable and putting ideas in front of you that just help shift mindset when you think about marketing your brand or business. Let's get back into the episode. So we're signing bananas. (laughs) But what's really fun is when you know your industry. So when you know your industry and let's say fluoride's getting demonized or the emergence of like, you know, I don't know, you know, but like, and there's something like funny and it's like an inside joke and then that is your banana, now you really got something. Right? I'll give you a wine comp. Rosé's so hot that what I would do is do an anti-rosé movement. Like I would send everybody a bottle, if I was trying to get to wine retailers, I would send them like, you know, a sparkling wine named Rosé. That would get everybody's attention because you would be playing to what's happening. That's, so you know what that was? That's just like me telling him pre-roll YouTube and that, that's right. Yeah. What I just told you is right, yeah. but what you fill it with, the banana yeah. or the, that's yeah. the game. Yeah, yeah. As you can imagine, if you've played this out, this is why I fell in love with the internet. Wait a minute, unlike when I was doing print, radio, and television, I only had one chance to figure it out. Yeah. Now I have 31 chances to figure out if it's banana or fluoride or rosé. Got it? Yeah. And then what you do is you build a team that makes that affordable. You know, like the amount of money people, people that are trying to replicate my model but are overspending on the tech or the lighting or the post-production, like, you know, that's not gonna work. If you're running a motorboat, you don't fill it the same way you fill a cruise ship. It's gonna sink and that's what people are doing. They're overthinking and then that then led to the next part which is don't overthink your content. Because that wasn't the physical manifestation, it was the mental manifestation. You know, you know how many owners and CEOs jump in and look at their Instagram account and they're like, I don't like that picture, and it like breaks the whole machine? Like that's you know, so like all these things. Um thinking about content marketing and the pillar versus the micro. Um examples up here were like you know, video What if you don't have the video to start with or you're not sure what should be? Does it matter when I start? Yes. Yes, it matters. Like video is the answer. That's the punch. Like what video does is allows everything to trickle underneath. Because you can turn it into written, you can turn it into audio, or you can turn it into micro video. If you don't start with that, you're limited, which is okay. You know, like, um, but the answer is yes, it is highly important if you can do video. Now, how you do video is the next debate. So, where I always get worried about my own advice is that people take things so literal that they may think they have to be like me. Like, I can't wait, and and by the way, there's millions of these people. I just haven't, I don't do the homework, but you know how many people are super monotone and just information-based and doing extremely well on YouTube or podcast? They're not charismatic, they don't curse, they just know they're That To me, this is utility and entertainment. So, I work really well because I do both, but, one or the other is more than fine. Models and comedians are doing well, 
because they're bringing entertainment and escapism. And like PhD engineers can do well on LinkedIn because they really know their craft and the 87 people they're trying to get to appreciate that, right? I, so you see where I'm going, right? Like I like to, like you could see where I'm going with the content pillars for you guys. Like I love the idea of like going at the human truth of like are you unhappy in your profession, right? Like that's just a whole, hum- and I think your profession uniquely is one of the six or seven that you can get real upside. Uh, but then there's also, what I would tell you on the utility side is put out information that helps every dentist in the world that has nothing to do with your product and service. Yes. Yep. And then that, that's, that's kind of the dominator, providing value. Great. So then I would say, imagine that you sold the company and became Dentist Daily, the number one provider of information for dentists in the world, and the only rule of this new company is you can't put out content that had to do with your prior company and then start pumping out that content. What payment service you should use? Which app is the best lead gen for you to get clients? Why five dentists should start a micro fund together to invest in information for them that is massively valuable as a top of the funnel awareness once it brings them value? My entire business model is to guilt people into doing business with me because I provide so much value. That's what you should do. It will work. Thanks. And crush LinkedIn. So like cool, now we've decided the creative thing, pound LinkedIn. You can target dentists. Question for you, what about, um, we we're talking about B2B. We also have an awareness issue about B2C. You, uh, because you think that C can give you leverage with B? I think I think it can, if it, people are more aware. It's a better experience, yeah, that's why it's going to come. Yeah, pediatric, the, the, the pediatric element of the business is extremely strong because parents, you know, you're using it on my kid and I see how the value it is, why my dentist doesn't use it. So how do I... Oh, well, that's the most, like, listen, that's the best. Like, this is why I loved Intel, right? Intel did such a good job with C as a chip provider that we weren't willing to buy your computer unless Intel was inside of it. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, listen, you know, nothing would, like, now you're talking about the thing that would be interesting for me to work on because nothing makes me more happy than to force some dentist that's a face and doesn't want to use us to have to use us because we went after his customers or her customers and forced him to. The best feeling in the world. (laughs) I love it. So yeah, I think there's something there. Now consumer's harder, but you you know what's ironic? My first intuition on that is parents are scared. For sure. In a way that like is really up actually and this is the greatest generation of over-fearful parents, and I would probably exploit that. I, you know, I would pump a lot. Facebook will crush for you on this. You know? And this is where you're thinking about, basically at its most simplest form, um, I'm gonna make this assumption, and obviously things are changing in our society, but still I'm sure moms are making a lot of these decisions, so I would probably target moms around four to five core messages around fear to pressure their dentist. I Then I would do micro testing in places where you think you have good penetration of dent. Like the first thing I'd probably do if I was part of this team, like, or where do we have the best penetration of dentists using us? Cool, it's Denver. Okay, let's attack Denver and see what happens because then there's a lot of options for them to switch versus like you know convenience is king. 
even if you scare them that like they're gonna you know even if oh my only option's 45 minutes away let the kid cry you know that kind of thing so that's something to think about but I would go with videos of like whether it's testimonials whether it's like you know reenacting scenes like moms love to like everybody but in this scenario like just literally hiring college students or starving actors to do like a two minute video of like reenacting a scene that like is this happening in your house and like there's a lot of smart stuff you can do and you're always one video away which is why I want you to make more there's like a million and one questions in my head, but um, I'll I'll leave this one. Um, how do what do what do you think is the best way to figure out what is of value to our audience? Um, they are in their these, dental practices, yes, yep. and they are very busy. And you know, if we reach out or, or listen to them on Facebook, you know, it's a lot of like the assistants, it's the auxiliaries mm-hmm. who are on, on the, the Facebook, Facebook groups. Yes. You know, it's not the questions yes. themselves. Um, is it in person? You know, at trade shows, no. For instance, or is it visiting them one on one? Yes, but I have a a little uh, idea. So I'm a big fan of golf and wine. So I think you, I think you should create semi-annual events that you spend some real money. This now, this is why marketing's fun, right? Flying in 25 people, getting a nice steak dinner. You know, like Santa Barbara's good. So you, you're you know, already like, honestly, with the way the wine business is right now, I would probably go knock on every winery in Santa Barbara, inevitably somebody's, like, and literally ask for free. I'm like, look, we're gonna bring you 50 dentists that have money. We want everything for free. You wanna come to the winery? You want the setup for free? You want the dinner for free? And we want your wine for free. No, cool. There's 700 other wineries in Santa Barbara. Yeah. Somebody's in trouble. Yeah. Got it? I'd probably do that, and then I would run ads or do direct calls you can play two ways. You could prospect and run ads and say, hey, we're doing this thing, fill out a form, we're selecting. So it's velvet rope. Or, because you want the information, you're tripling down on your VIPs. Or, I've always liked the B list. You know, a lot of people do everything for their top customers. I've always thought the B was an interesting customer, right, because they could become an A or you could lose them. So you see where I'm going, I could see you're picking up what I'm putting down. So golf and wine, and then anything else. Golf and wine are just intuitive to me because that's what I, I was in the wine stuff and I just know people are ludicrous about going to golf events. But there's, there might be something that's really natural to your DNA. It might be rafting, it might be camping, it might be bowling, but like creating something somebody actually wants to do, then layering a, a conversation in whatever form you do it. As you can imagine, wine is super conducive to that because it's a wine dinner. You then overlay the thesis of this is actually dentist. Like I started something called Agent Twenty Twenty One because it was like about it was about you know the bigger thing. So maybe this is not even about you. Maybe this is about dentist industry symposium. I, I always like using the future. So like dentistry twenty twenty five, right? Like where is it going? So it's a conversation. Maybe you pull some sort of you know maybe back to marketing. Maybe spend five thousand bucks to have somebody who like has gravitas. In the industry, I don't know the industry well enough, but like, a retired athlete carries weight. That's why they pay, you know, Hank Aaron ten thousand bucks because somebody wants that selfie, and that got them in the room, and then they got the question they wanted answered. It's just arbitrage. It's just arbitrage. But how you package the arbitrage is the game, right? When you're calling me as a dentist, I know you're looking for information. I'm not interested. See ya, right? You're inviting me to Dentist 2025. You're gonna educate me on what to do on social media to build my practice. I'm gonna be able to play golf and have dinner. And Hank Aaron's there, interested. It's a $79,000 investment. 
but the info is valuable. Right, because then we can take that message and and if you and you know and back to like what we're talking about, you make the fifty people twenty five B clients and twenty five prospects, and get real interesting real fast. Mm. Got it. So those are all the nuances. You're welcome. Hey everyone, it's Nick cutting in again, really quick. Something it's always fun to kind of uh, bring to light is Gary's ability to give answers that might not be directly related to social or digital marketing. His advice here to hold an event for dentists in Santa Barbara, California, that's geared to educating them and entertaining them has little to nothing to do with social and digital media. Ultimately, it all comes back to practicality. What is the best solution for your business? And I think that's what's most important to Gary, to give the advice or the guidance that's going to work the best for your business. Let's get back into the episode. Okay, you're gonna be a tiebreaker between my husband and I. Can't wait. <laughs> um, We're either gonna call him with happiness or sadness. Here we right. go. A, a don't, try to lead, don't, try to, don't try to lead the witness. I will, I will. So I believe in an exclusivity model. You can only get... You've led the witness. Sorry. I believe in exclusivity model. You can only get beautiful disaster from beautiful disaster. Much, uh, very similar to the Victoria's Secret model. The yes. only other place they're at is Amazon. I'm fine with that. But the answer is you're both right. Because you know he wants to do full freaking wholesale you're, you're and both, the whole crazy. You're both right. So what do we do? You decide what business you want to build. We want to build a business where mm -mm. other people aren't trying to take our customer. I understand that. That's not what I'm saying. Because then you get to, then you you're going into the tactic of why you want your model. I'm at, you need to figure out what business you're building. So for example, you're looking to run slower. He's looking to run faster. That's what that's the actual manifestation of this conversation. Which is okay. You have to decide what business you're building, right? Mm -hmm. Like you know, to you, it's your baby, right. which is why you don't want anybody to f it up. Right. To him, he's trying to think about how to grow it quicker. He's okay with a two times return, and I like the retail dollar. He's okay with the wholesale. Dollar. That's that's a different conversation, I think, th and it and it leads to the next question, which is what business are you trying to build? Like, like. The answer to your question comes in what do you, do you both agree on where you want revenue and profit to be in 2025? Because if you don't, already the debate becomes convoluted. Yes, we do. Okay, well then, that, what is that? Because, because if you both agree where you want it to be in 2025, all I have to understand is where the business is at now and how realistic the numbers are predicated on the data and then the reality is he's probably gonna be right okay. because it's too short of a window okay. for you to do it okay. your way. So, Which is why it's fun for me because the reason I never want anything in 2025 right. or 2022 or 2029 right. which allows me to be a marathon runner. Okay. If I had any arbitrary number goal ever, I'd be a sprinter. Yeah, I think uh, we have a 2028 goal of 150 million. But that's a answer, right? In a good way. You just made that up. Like why not 213? Why not 87? You know what I mean? Right. And I think right, you need to think right. about that. Okay. I'm giving you that in a love way. Mm -hmm. The same as quit, that you also made up. Right. Why? I mean, you might have a very good answer, which is like, hey, Gary, actually, because we want to buy this island for $76 million, and if we sell for dollar for dollar at 150, that's our post-tax money, and we're going to buy this island in Peru. And I'm like, okay, now you're right. right. Otherwise, you just make it up, right. predicate on the data that you're sitting with right now. 
It's just arbitrary. This is how you answer this question. We're both right. <laughs> You're both right, but the actual, because you got to make a decision, mm-hmm. is predicated on do you have a number? Do you want to sell the brand one day? Don't you? Do you emotionally care about somebody discounting it when they told you they weren't going to? Do you give a Don't you? Mm-hmm. The reason so many things are easy for me is I don't give a He's using my signature on a thing. I have no idea what he's talking about. My signature is my most important IP. And I don't give a because I like him and fine, Nate did something, why sell five bottles, 15 cases, 40 cases. Like, but like, do you know how many people would freak out with that? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So like, it just matters. The answer is very individual. You know? Yeah. There's like most of the things I do, most people don't agree with. <laughs> most of the things I do, most people don't agree with because I'm unique in my lack of interest in short-term money, and I'm now starting to debate even money in itself. I just like my process. And if you want to choose your process, well then it's gonna happen slower. Right. And that's okay. But will it? That's, that's where I get stuck. I mean, yes, the, it will. The brick and mortar model it, is... No, because the, uh, let, let me phrase. If you execute everything properly, more distribution will lead to more revenue. It just, it will if both are done properly up to your point like look if you do a deal with Lowe's and they you know Kohl's and they do something so that it hurts your like to your point it might not but yes there's a reason that licensed brands get to higher dollars quicker because you're the friction of getting the product I have no idea about your brand but when I go on Amazon and search something and your brand pops up now I do and I live on Amazon not your dot com right yeah I'm okay Listen, James will tell you, when I leave, James can talk to you guys about like why I didn't want to do, James walks into my business, like we were getting so much deal flow and he was really logically in a great way. He's like, hey, I'm going to create all these JVs on the outside. We're just going to make money. People come in, we'll send it to Carol to do that kind of stuff and we'll get a commission. I'm like, no, no, no. And like, you know, it's because I just wanted to create everything for myself. I was willing to go slower. We could have made a lot more revenue, but that's how Playboy got destroyed. It bastardizes it brands. And so like, it just depends on what you want. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah. And, and it starts with both how you want it, you know, and then how much, right? I always talk about how you make your money is more important than how much. It's like putting your pillow. Same for you. Like, this is your baby. Yeah. Easy for him to say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so you might be fearful what Walmart does with it. Yeah. For sure. Well. That. But 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 there is no cake and eat it here too. You will get to the revenue faster. Right. You will. Very likely. Yeah. All right, everyone. I've seen this happen so many times. A 40s attendee comes in and they want Gary to be the tiebreaker between them and their business partner or business partners. Here we have an example of where there's two founders, co-founders, two operators of the same business and they might have different goals or they have the same goal, but they both wanna take different routes to get to that end goal. Now, what's fun about this one is that instead of Gary asking them to evaluate the goal, he asked them to evaluate their why. And that is where the disconnect is between those two operators. As soon as you can identify your why and make sure that there's alignment, the goal becomes more clear for both of you. That was a fun one. Let's get back into the episode. Cool. 
Anybody got something random before I head out? I got one real quick random thing with the three different businesses. Yes. With should I try to double or triple down on my strengths within each business as far as scheduling time and doing my thing? You personally? Yes. One hundred percent. Okay. Like nothing I believe in more than the fact that most people lose is they waste time on trying to fix that's never fixable. And what I mean by that is, and what I mean by that is, I'm not gonna be an NFL quarterback. And I'm not gonna be not high energy. Do you guys understand that if I was 13% less high energy, that I would be two times bigger? There's a lot of people that can't deal with my energy. Do you understand if I didn't curse that I would have 12 million followers, not six? Like, people don't get it. Like, but I'm just a buyer of like being who you are. And to your point, I do think in 30 year terms, you get further, just not in five. And then you added three more. But you know what I mean? You see where I'm going? I think you're right in a 30 year window. I think he might be right in a five year window. Got it? Got it. I could be so much bigger if I toned it down a hair, cleaned up a little language today, not in 12 years. Got it? Understand? That's how I think about strengths and weaknesses. What patterns have you seen that help people get over their fear of trying new things? By actually kissing the girl. By actually throwing the person in the pool. By actually skydiving. Correct. It's the universal truth. Everything you were scared of became less scary after you did it. And then you're like, why the f- was I scared of that? Do you think it's possible for a company to build a personal connection to their customers without having a person? Uh, yes. Yeah. Take care. Can't wait. On everything. Can't yeah. wait. Take care. Thank Bye-bye. You. Who's going where? D-Rock's coming? I think it's reputation. Right? It's old school but old school takes old school tactics, right? But new stuff can be gateway drugs to old school tactics. That's the example I gave you. You can recruit 25 new dentists through LinkedIn for your old school dinner. See what I, I use digital to be a gateway drug to old school And then I get smart about it. Like this is old school I like this. How did I make it much better? DRock films it, which could lead to three pieces of content that creates top of the funnel for me. Becomes even more valuable. Q&A is my best format because it gets me into new thoughts that I'm not getting to myself. Got it? The whole framework is built to make everything work. Which is why I'm able to charge so little for the value because I'm amortizing it out out of getting the content which creates top of funnel. Make sense? I love when people secretly talk to each other from 40s. Like, it's really, you know, especially like people are getting real results. It's a real good deal if you actually do the thing we say, you know? Um, it feels great. You know, I'm an SMB, right? I come from this world. So it's fun. Hey, everyone. If you've made it this far, I'm sure you've gotten some serious nuggets of gold and wisdom from this episode of Inside 40s. We appreciate you listening so much. And as always, we appreciate the feedback on these episodes. If you'd like to send me a note, you can always reach me at nick at the as well as on Instagram at 
Nick, D-I-O. And lastly, I just want to give you some upcoming 40s dates. We've got 40s happening in New York City on August 15th, September 24th, October 29th, and November 13th, as well as Chattanooga, Tennessee on October 10th. If you want to know more about 40s, you can head over to VaynerMedia.com slash the number four, the letter D, and the letter S. Thanks so much, and we'll see you on the next episode of Inside 4Ds.